You're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about peacemaking and other Christian responsibilities. It might get a little bit messy, and there's going to be a lot of name dropping. Let's get started. already laughing we're already having a good time season two episode five one of us shaved our heads one of us it wasn't brad it was me i did it <laughs> narrowed and, it down <laughs> um right yeah, well there's only two of us so you had a 50 50 shot if you were guessing beforehand uh like i wonder which one would shave their head it's roman um but it I, communicates better on zoom than it does in a podcast it but. does yeah brad saw it on zoom it was kind of a kind of did it on a whim and so i've gotten many comments some of them i can't share on here uh some of them have been really positive so um i can be okay with it Do you, I, okay i can't remember the guy's name but he was on like the history channel discovery channel and he went and ate like the craziest foods um not not anthony bourdain but he was like a bigger guy but he was also bald somebody said it looked like him and i'm like i don't really know, <laughs> I don't know how much I, how great i felt about it. if you guys know who that is please let us know uh let me know send me a text yeah yeah tell you us know. in the chat yeah the chat <laughs> we got live. i wish man, i wish we had that okay all right that's an, that's enough of everything else I, I want you guys to know that we were supposed to specifically talk about peacemaking and um i was like no uh but also absolutely at the same time and i had I kind of asked Brad if we could change it up a little bit, but peacemaking is still going to be a part of what we talk about. But we're what what I what I kind of wanted to where I kind of want to direct our focus was more along the lines of something maybe bigger picture. Yeah, um, peacemaking and, is a part of something a, a larger way of being. I mean, we talked about yeah. the way last mm-hmm. last time, so a, a larger way of being being a Jesus follower. We talked a lot about that too last time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so the idea here is um, what we're kind of going to get into today is the idea of Christian responsibilities. And when I, and and I'll just be full disclosure here. When I was considering this, it was because it was something I was struggling with. Um, And the idea of, you know, what are things as a Christian that I, that I feel I have a responsibility for? Are there things that I, that I should be doing? Are there things that I shouldn't be doing or people that I should be reaching out to? Are there individuals that I should have relationships with? A lot, a lot of shoulds um, that kind of went through my head and I was like, oh, well, like, okay. and then I thought of Spider-Man, and it was like, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, as Christian, as a Christian, do I feel like I have any power? I don't know. That's a weird thought. But the idea right. of, of of having specific responsibilities because of my beliefs and my faith seems intriguing, especially if I don't or someone doesn't share that same faith with me. And then what does that relationship look like? if our faith or lack of faith, you know, if there's a difference there. It's interesting. You, you said the word should like three or four times at the risk of being crass. You were sort of shooting on yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. Fair. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and, and I get, I mean, look, let's, you say, you like to say, let's be honest. Let, yeah, let's be doubly honest. Sure. I mean, that's, 
in in a way of looking at things, that's part of the maybe part of the Christian tradition is mm-hmm. it's just a is it just a list of things we should be doing that we're not doing, yeah. or we or if we're doing them, we should be doing more of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all the shoulding can be paralyzing sometimes. Um, so I like the idea of kind of coming back and, and continuing some of our conversation last time about uh, you know. What were the ways that Jesus lived? What what it, what is it to be a Christian? And you talked about this with you know what would Jesus do? Yeah. Um, what is it to be a Christian? It is to follow in the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, I I do think that focusing on some examples or some maybe vignettes and and interactions that Jesus had both with people who were religious mm-hmm. and people who were not religious, people who were part of the tribe. And people who were not part of the tribe right. that that can be helpful for us in in seeing how to how to interact how to how to be a peacemaker and what situation to be to to be a peacemaker in in some situations maybe our way of interaction doesn't look traditionally like what you'd think a peacemaker would look like yeah well and and that's kind of what got me you know looking into the idea of responsibilities was considering peacemaking yeah. um, because of you know, this is another one of those should things, right? Like Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So, um, I mean, we could go into a lot more context there. We could yeah. really, we could, but, but I want to specifically, and I know that I say, and I've said before, like, don't really just look at one specific verse, but we're going to like take this right now. And just the idea here of making an attempt to live at peace with everyone. Like you should try to live at peace with everyone. So as a Christian, is that a responsibility that we hold on to? And then, like, how do I cross? The, like, do I cross that line? What is that? What's that? Sh- you know, what what does that? Look well, like? I mean, let's think about ideally as a human being. You know, separate and apart from being a Christian, but just being as a human being, living at peace. I think we'd all, all get behind living at peace with everyone else is a positive thing. Well, absolutely. I mean, certainly as <laughs> as opposed to living at war with everyone. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. If, I mean that that doesn't seem to be a helpful posture to have towards everyone else is to be at war with them. So yeah. yeah, as a starting proposition, if, if it depends on you, you know, be at peace. But even what's interesting though, is even Paul, you know, Paul was not at peace with, uh, with different, um, leaders in the government, leaders yeah. in the Jewish church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Paul had situations where he, he wasn't at peace. And so there were times that even that should seem to run against his his firm beliefs and yeah. convictions, um, where you know I, th- I think that can happen for us too. I mean, c- coming back to Jesus for a moment, Jesus did live at peace uh, with with people, generally speaking. But the religious rulers of the day, mm-hmm. the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the high priest. So the, the Jewish leadership, the religious institutional leadership of his day, he was not at peace with him. I mean, they had him crucified, yeah. <laughs> right? But he also was arguably antagonistic towards them mm. in terms of the language that he used. Yeah. So again, if we're going to follow Jesus, so we, we see that. And so it's like, okay, well, are there certain situations where... Maybe we're not uh, we're, we're not to act as peacemakers in in the same way, yeah. but but just on the other hand, 
um, I don't want to go on too long here, no, but just good. just on the other hand, I thought about this. You know, one of the things that those leaders were saying about Jesus is they said, this guy, this guy spends all of his time with the lowest members of society, with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors, with all these blue collar, working class, stinky, you know, fishermen, shepherds, uh, people that are not favored people within the society. Mm -hmm people who don't have power. Yeah. And and they called him a drunkard and a glutton. <laughs> yeah. Right? So they they were like, "Hey, this guy, he's 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 drinking and eating uh openly with all these sinners." Mm. So if you start to think about the criticism that Jesus received, you know, he 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 caught the, what he did in who he interacted with that caused problems with the religious leadership. Yeah. So that was not, I mean, he was creating peace sort of with one group, which was these people who were, who were following him. They right. were listening to his teaching, but that necessarily created conflict with the religious leaders. Well, yeah, because I think that, it, I mean, they also potentially had the responsibility of keeping peace and maintaining peace with the other people. Right. And so the idea of, Jesus is keeping peace with the people that need peace. Yeah. And, and, and that sounds weird because we, you know, everybody needs peace. Right. But I would say that those religious leaders probably assume that they already had it. Well, and they, but their peace involved their continued power and control exactly. over the system. Yeah. He threatened that mm-hmm. he threatened that peace. So there's a kind of peace. There's the, the Pax Romana, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the peace of the Roman empire was the peace of the Roman, you know, boot on your neck, yeah. which is it's peace through power. Mm-hmm. So they, they would conquer, you know, they, they would conquer lands and they would set up these puppet Kings like the, yeah. like the, the Herod family, but they're like, okay, but you, you pay your taxes you to Caesar, you do what you're supposed to do and there will be peace. We'll protect you. Of course, on the other side of that, we'll crucify you. Right. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't fall in line. So there's different kinds of peace yeah. So l- let me sort of turn the question on you. Okay. How do you navigate and calibrate in a situation where, you know, you're trying to work towards peace, mm-hmm. but you still, you know, the, what's intention with that with that is is maybe you know standing up for a certain value. Or, or, or something you believe with somebody else, you know, whether this could be somebody that's, you know, inside or outside of a church family. Right. But what, what do you do, Roman, when you're trying to understand, well, how much of this do I need to err on the side of peacemaking? Or is this one of these situations where, you know, like Jesus, I need to confront, you know, the, the people who are in, uh, who are in the wrong. You know, I, I mean, that's, it's funny that you asked that question because I'm like genuinely dealing with that situation like right now in my life. I could tell, I was like, mm, yeah. I feel like there's a situation like this going on. <laughs> and so I, I am, and it's, it's, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail about this situation in general. Like I'm not going to say names or anything, but I'm, I'm struggling with the idea of, um, it's, it's an individual that is has an idea of they, they need to have control of a situation. And through that, they 
act a certain way, speak a certain way to ensures to ensure that they get their way. And the majority of people aren't a fan. Mm-hmm. And so um, I am not one of those people that just kind of like lets that happen for an extended period of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I don't necessarily shy away from conflict and sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it gets me in a lot of trouble, but I've, I've really not to seem like, and I hate saying things like this because it may, I feel like I'm trying to come off as like holier than thou, but I really have been in a lot of like prayer and meditation about this, like this conversation that I'm wanting to have or trying at some point going to have with this individual. And, and I know that this conversation is going to be done one-on-one. There aren't going to be a whole bunch of, there's not going to be people around. There isn't going to be some sort of like embarrassing scene because that doesn't ever do, that doesn't do no, any that's good. Not, no good. Right. And so, um, but I, I want to make sure that I, that I come to this situation with an understanding of who he is Mm-hmm. And why he's doing the things that he's doing, or she, or she, but it's it's a he. I already gave that away. <laughs> um, let's just use the name. Let's just say like Ted Cruz or something. Yeah, we just make up a name. All right, <laughs> but <name. laughs> we we made up Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz doesn't exist, so we're gonna go with Ted Cruz. Um, so me and Ted, I'm not gonna be able to do that. All right, don't uh, do it. It's so okay. It's this, the conversation that I'm gonna have with him is is from the the. The, the, the standpoint of, hey, let, let me help you get to a place where people want to be with you, where people want to hang out, where people want to, you know, interact and have a good time with you. Not from the vantage point of, hey, you're getting all this wrong. You need to fix this. You need to fix that. That's, 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 that's the worst way to do these things um, so that he, so like I can maybe do this alongside of him so he doesn't feel alone. Yeah, and maybe this is too specific, but I, I think I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, I'm trying to go into peacemaking with an understanding of who I'm trying to be at peace with. Well, I think what you're you're pointing out that something which I think is very true, which is that starting from a fr- from a standpoint of confrontation is not the best way. Uh, to be a peacemaker, yeah. right? That's, you know, starting from a, from a spirit of confrontation, from confrontational words mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is probably not the way to get there. And not only not a way to get to peacemaking, but it, to your point in this particular situation, to have a conversation with somebody that's actually going to end positively, positively, yeah. not just for you because you've gotten it off your chest or, or you, you've become the you know, you've become the the voice for maybe a, a number of people who are kind of over this behavior. Right. But for it to actually have a positive income, or income, a positive outcome. We get positive so income. I'm a positive income. I don't, I'm thinking about the stock market, I guess. But for there to be a positive outcome, so that you know, not only you feel good, but that they actually make positive steps. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work with a woman, and she was a, a brilliant lawyer. Uh, prosecutor, I saw her prosecute a, a murder trial, uh, a jury trial, which was incredible. It was like a week-long trial. Um, and she had this way of confronting people mm-hmm. non-confrontationally. And here's how she did it. Um, she would, if somebody was acting in a certain way, she would engage them in discussion. Right. And she would point out basically another time 
when somebody else had acted similarly to to this person that she was engaging with in in a certain way and she would just kind of tell that story yeah. and i thought it was the most and, and it wasn't the thing was it wasn't like in a passive aggressive type of way it was just a way that she handled things yeah. she would never come and say you know roman some of the things you have been saying um you know were hurtful mm-hmm. to people you, you may not understand that that people were were hurt or are it, it's creating distance between you and other people instead i would say you know, to you, hey, Roman, you know, uh, my my buddy Jason last week, he was saying X, Y, and Z. And it might be the same words that you were saying, right? right? Yeah. But it's just like, I always thought that was kind of creative and, and kind of a, an interesting way to show, to kind of hold a mirror up to people without being aggressive and, and without being confrontational. Yeah. But my, my whole point with telling that story is just that we've talked about wisdom a lot on this podcast. I really think that obviously the situation you talked about is super specific. We all have our own specific relational situations that we have to deal with and navigate. And they're some of the toughest things we have to do, but you have to apply wisdom. Yeah. Absolutely. To those situations. Yeah, well, yeah. And so um, my wife is a teacher and at her school they do, um, I guess, sort of like themes for, for the month, for like each month. And they're, right. they're, they call them, they don't call them themes, they call them habits. And maybe I should have gotten water. Um, and <laughs> I offered you water. Yeah, he did. And I, and I no said mimosas no. this week. I thought I was better than the water. Uh, um, but... What's really what was really interesting about her habit last month, or maybe it's still this month, still February. This month is um, goes really well along with not just peacemaking, but the idea of Christian responsibility. Is the the habit was it's like seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah, and I think that goes so that that in of itself can go so far in. I mean, in, in relationship building in general, because if it keeps you from charging in with your own perspective before exactly. ta- having some taking some time. Yeah. So I used to go um, on hikes a lot. I do it less now. I don't really know why, but I used to go on hikes a lot. And um, I went with a buddy of mine from college and I was in the there's there's four of us and I was in the front and I had my flashlight and I promise this is going to mean something go ahead flashlight and so i and i'm shining it way in front and he's like hey are you gonna share the light i was like what are you talking about well i didn't realize he didn't have one and what and and this sounds really ridiculous by the way but um i realized that i was in that moment being i guess kind of selfish obviously you're not when you just assume somebody has a flashlight right but then you know he's like how about you just shine it closer to your feet so i can see and you can see and what I like about that perspective is that it's it can we can both benefit from that, right? It's we 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 both may not be completely see. I might I may not be able to see way far out in front of me like I was earlier. Yeah. 
but he can also be on the same path as I can. Yeah. Um, and then we can, you know, help each other along. And I think that being able to, that's kind of what I was saying earlier, being able to walk alongside and, you know, if you are able to put yourself in the situation with that individual that you're trying to, or, or what, whatever situation that you're trying to keep mm-hmm. peace with, if you're able to like grow alongside or walk alongside the situation that then it becomes us instead of you. Yeah. And, and that means a whole lot more to people than being singled out. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, for us to understand. I say, and when I say us, I mean, I'm talking about Christians at this point. It's important for us to understand that that's what God is calling us to do in discipleship. Um, because you don't just say, hey, here's Jesus. Good luck. Because that's that they're not they're, I mean, they could grow outside of that, but more than likely, if they're going to grow, they're going to find somebody else to grow with. And, you know, and, and I think that's that's responsibility that we hold is to go and make disciples. Right. And and so in to be called into discipleship is to grow alongside other people in Christ. And I don't know, maybe I'm taking that in a completely different direction that we want to go. But I think it's important that like there is a tangent between, you know, the responsibilities that we hold. And we we, we sort of mentioned that at the beginning. And it's 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 the way it's it's what Jesus did and living along or, you know, walking alongside Jesus's walk or I guess really more behind him at this point. But you know what I'm saying? Well, and let me just make my uh, confession here. I will confess that. Where I am right now, Roman, in in my walk, is that like phrases like, um, you know, discipleship, you know, discipleship in Christ, doing things in Christ, like sort of these phrases. I mean, I I think I know what you mean when you say those phrases, but I want to make sure like we say things in a way that, um, you know, that at least that I don't want to use a shortcut to explain something. So, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know, maybe it's, it may be that a lot of people listening know exactly what you mean when you say that. And, and I sort of, I think I know what you mean when you say that. Okay. But I would, one thing I would say, I love that. I love that flashlight example. That's really good. And, and I think that as we're walking with other people through life, and I, I really like to start without even almost bringing <laughs> with, without bringing religion into it. Okay. Like when you're walking next to another human being, you're a human being, somebody else is one. Mm-hmm. When you're walking next to them, there are different ways to approach relationship. One way to approach a relationship is from the assumption that you have all the answers yeah. and that you are there to impart your answers upon the other person or, or that that really it's approaching from a point where you have reached a level of knowledge and that other people who maybe disagree with you or, or believe differently than you, they have not reached that level. Yeah. I think there is a, there's a different way, and I would say in terms of, of following Jesus, so discipleship, being a follower, being a student of Jesus, I would I would suggest that this is a Jesus way too, and that is uh, walking with humility, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. To start from a perspective that 
I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Like even what I have figured out, I have the, um, the, the humility and the capacity to acknowledge that I may be wrong about what I have figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this, uh, Jesus tells this parable, uh, in Luke chapter 18, and it's interesting because I'll just read the first, it's it's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. I'm just going to read the first uh, verse and the last verse of that section because it says it, it's who he, t- who he told the parable to and then what the takeaway from the parable was. And the people he was talking to, it said, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. That's who he was talking to. Yeah, that was his audience, and then the takeaway from the story—it's the story about the Pharisee and the and the tax collector that both came up to pray. But the last sentence it says that for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Yeah. So I think about you know one Christian responsibility that we have is to constantly have to recheck ourselves and humble ourselves. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing that makes that so hard. Even when you are in a situation where you believe somebody else is in the wrong, mm-hmm. I believe that the Christian responsibility is still to start from a place of humility when you start talking about pro, a, potentially approaching that person oh, yeah. or how to engage with that person. No, definitely. And, you know, can you guys hear this? That's my Bible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just in case you were ever wondering yeah, if we use le- a physical Bible, leather, very rarely, it just smells leather, good. paper, it smells really solid. By the way, Paul's leather company, amazing. Their Bibles are incredible. I know that you're probably listening, Paul, cause we're basically best friends. We're not, but if we would, if you'd want to, that's a nice really looking, cool. that's a nice looking Bible cover. Genuinely. If you're ever considering getting your Bible rebound, Paul's other company will do yeah. it. And you know, my dad used to do that himself. He used to tan the leather. That's himself. amazing. Oh, That's yeah. incredible. He's got some, but it but doesn't look that good. Right. Honestly, those are nice. I will say genuinely, Paul's other company. That's a shout out. We're not sponsored, but I wish. Um, and and so I I love the idea of humility because, yet again, I think that's a that's a we could easily say that's a Christian responsibility, but I, I think that that should we could just say that should just be everyone should just be humble. Right. It's 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 a better way to be human. I mean, we know yeah. what it looks like when people walk around from a place of exalting. If if somebody is a constant infomercial about themselves, yeah. they are distasteful. I mean, maybe they're they're a significant influencer on Instagram. Right. Right? So it doesn't mean that they're not going to get followers, but in terms of building relationship with mm-hmm. with people, it's be tough. being that it's that's not that that's not a, a good approach. Yeah, and so what I opened my Bible for was the Sermon on the Mount, where I think that if you were to say, okay, where can I find a lot of in quotes the shoulds that Christians should be doing, right? You could probably find a lot of them in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew five, um, six, seven, eight, eight, yep. Nine, ten, eleven. That's it. Nine, that's nine, it. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, and so what I, and I'm just going to go over a few of these headings. I'm just going to say a few headings, and um, then I'm going to mention. I'm going to go back to what Brad said. So the idea of um, giving to the needy, um, love for your enemies, salt and light, eye for an eye, um, um, a few 
if not all of the Beatitudes. Um, prayer, and, fasting. And eye for an eye, by the way, is, is, is signifying, is Jesus talking about enemy love? Correct. Yeah. Yes. And um, just to make sure we didn't uh, think it was the, the Old Testament eye for an eye, he's sort of turning it on its head just a little bit. Right, exactly. And, and um, you know, even the narrow and wide gates, um, you know, treasures in heaven, not worrying. Um, I think all of those could easily have a, I mean, be very influenced by the idea of humility. Yes. Well, even, I mean, I know you're just reading the, the headings, but the, the, the Beatitudes right at the very beginning, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. Blessed are those who are mourned. Blessed are the meek or the humble, mm -hmm. for they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, yeah. right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will sue God. And then blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Yeah. Like the, right there. I mean, th those are great descriptions Right. I mean, even um, Romans 12, 1, offer your body as a living sacrifice. This is true and proper worship, right? That's semi-paraphrase there. But like, I mean, humility, right? The idea of sacrifice. I mean, I, I think that if you if you look at it, and obviously I'm not trying to get away from, from the Sermon on the Mount because I think it's imperative that we're, we're considering the idea of the way here. And um, this is direct from Jesus, all right? There's no middleman. This is Jesus, and um, and and one that I really want to consider is salt and light, and and it's a it's 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 used a lot, especially with youth, because I think maybe it's kind of easy to understand. There's like a little bit of an illustration in, in there, and so you can it's it's easy to grasp. Um, but I, one of the things that I really like to, if you don't know this, I'm a youth minister. If you're new, I'm a youth minister, youth and youth and family. If I want to sound more professional, um, for whatever reason, choose your audience. Yeah, exactly. So, but what I, what I love, so I mean, a lot of people that you can look at both sides, but what I love a lot here is you were the salt of the earth and you were the light of the world. This is, you were not the salt of yourself and the light for yourself. I think that sometimes that, that doesn't necessarily get overlooked, but I think that it's not, I wish people, I don't, like talked about it more. Right. How that this is, um, this is not a, it's not a, well, it's not a personal salvation project. Right. It's not, it's not just about you know, it's not even just about the, your personal relationship to God, although that's important. It's mm -hmm. about how do you impact those people around you, the people you are in relationship with, right? What, what, how do you appear to them? Mm -hmm. How do you help them? How do you interact with them? Well, I think directly, and maybe this is, I'm not necessarily trying to put words in God's mouth, but it kind of feels like he's saying, Hey, I didn't give you any of your gifts and abilities for you. I gave you all of that so that other people can experience it yeah. so that other people can experience my power and my compassion and my grace and my mercy and my love. You have the ability to do all that. You have the abilities that, that I have blessed you with, yeah. not for personal gain, not for you to be high and mighty, but for you to be humble so that other people can, can have joy and experience 
true love from it. Well, and I don't think it's that God doesn't want us to be joyful. I think, you know, God as our creator created us, as you said, with certain gifts, certain abilities. And God knows that when we are using those, Mm -hmm. when we're using those unique abilities, yours are different than mine, we're different than other people's, but when we are using those to help people, to connect with people, that not only will we make their lives better, we're making our life better. Absolutely. Like that will be joyful. So, I mean, again, back to Jesus and how he lives, think about it. He, He spent time with the people that were disabled, mm-hmm. you know, the people who, yeah. who were sick, the people who had diseases and who were untouchable. Yeah. He spent time, you know, with women and talking to women in a society where th- that wasn't done. The men didn't talk with and interact yeah. with the women like that, except for in when you're dealing with prostitution. Right. So you had Jesus acting in a way. Oh, and by the way, in this culture and in this society, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they, in a way, were blaming the fact that the the that Israel, the nation of Israel, the that the Jewish nation had been overrun and had been conquered by Rome, by a series of empires, but Rome being the latest one, it was because of all the sinners among them. It was because of all these tax collectors, you know, that had, uh, you know, that had turned against their own people. It was because of the prostitutes. It was because of all these, uh, all these people. And, and they viewed the, the people who were diseased and sick. Well, obviously they're sinful because that's why God made them that way. That's yeah. why God made them, uh, uh, you know, disabled. That's why they're stricken with disease. That is the way they looked at it. And so Jesus then goes and spends all his time talking back to the gifts, he uses his gifts, his gifts of teaching, of compassion, of healing. Mm -hmm. He goes and that, those are the people that he uses his gifts with. And then the other people, you know, Jesus says, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. Yeah. Because these Pharisees and these, these Jewish leaders did not understand. He recognized that his gifts were not going to be able to be utilized. He used them with these with these people. I one thing I, I was thinking about Roman when I was reading a couple of these passages about Jesus and thinking about the people that he spent his time around, I was really thinking about what would it look like if followers of Jesus today spent their time with the people in society that the religious institutions blame for the downfall of our society right now. Yeah. Like the people who, you know, the religious folks would say, oh, well, those those are the reasons we're 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 you know, we're under God's judgment. Those people, that group of people, the people who do this, the people who sin in this way or that way. I was thinking about what would the analog be? What would the the, the people in, in 2021, who would those people be? And. I was thinking about if you and I spent time with those people in those areas of society, what would the religious people say or think about us? Well, it'd be interesting because, I mean, just let's just go with, you know, I have regular meetings with the leaders at my church. And if they were like, hey, Roman, give us a weekly update. And I was like, well, I spent four out of the five, four out of, I spent four evenings with the prostitutes 
okay. What'd you What'd you do? Oh, we talked about Jesus. Okay. I, I mean, uh, that would be an interesting conversation. Well, I mean, Jesus was. I mean, I guess you know he was talking about the kingdom of heaven. That's the number one thing he talked about. Right. But he was also eating and drinking with them. Right. right absolutely. Which is what they said. He was a glutton and a drunkard. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess the, the the prostitute one is maybe a one-to-one. I, I don't know. It's, I guess, prostitution, at least where we are here in suburban Virginia, is not rampant. But you could start to think of, of maybe other groups, oh, yeah, for sure. societal groups, that would be uh, disfavored to church folk um, that you could spend time with. I think if we start to think of things through that lens – it starts to make it maybe a little bit more understandable while why Jesus wasn't the favorite person of the re, the religious establishment. Yeah. Oh, why he threatened them and threatened that that structure. Yeah, I mean it's a, if you want to get a somebody somebody's told this before so I'm stealing it. Um and that's an interesting way to say that. But um you're borrowing it. Yeah, you're borrowing. borrowing. We'll go with that. I'll Unfortunately, I can't remember his name, um, so I can't even really give genuine credit. It was in college. Um, and so he said that if you really want a picture or, or, or an illustration of, of Jesus, I want you to think of like, well, this was you know maybe considered back in the 90s or early 2000s, just like the skater anti-establishment kid that's like going around town having a good time. And... And at first, I was like, "Why? Okay, first off, that that's offensive. <laughs> um, why would you say it about Jesus?" But then, you know, you go back and you think about it, and you're like, "Oh, well, you know, the way that society was kind of set up, he wasn't exactly um, following the rules." Well, but, th- th- think about before before they crucified him. What what did they charge him with? They said, "This guy's going around saying he's going to tear down the church. Yeah, he's going to destroy the temple." Yeah. Right, so they, they were charging him as being a, an anarchist, a heretic. Yeah. Right? So, you know, those those kind, of, if somebody went around today and, and said similar things, now Jesus was obviously, he was talking figuratively. Sure. They were trumping up charges oh, yeah. because they didn't like, you know, his following, and he didn't, they didn't like the things that he had said to them and about them. Uh, but I, I just think, you know, so... Let me try to bring it all the way back around to this concept of Christian responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we might get wrapped up sort of like this back to the Luke chapter 18, this Pharisee who went up to the temple to pray. And as he's praying, you know, he says, you know, God, I, I thank you that I'm not like all these other sinners, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or this tax collector over here, right? And then he starts going through the list of the stuff that he does right. He's actually got a lot of the shoulds. Yeah. You know, you should fast, you should tithe, you know, you should, um, uh, you, you should, uh, uh, so because he, he, he says that I, I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of all that I get. So he's doing the things that he should do. At least yeah. he's doing some of them. Yeah. But then, what Jesus says is that this tax collector, who's clearly a sinner, he won't even come up close to the temple. He stands at a distance and just, you know, beats himself. Beat, beat, beats his chest. God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I'm. A sinner. Jesus says, it's that man, the second one, 
rather than the first one that goes away justified. So, and, and then I, like I read before, the way that the story ends, you know, the, the takeaway, the moral is for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So, you know, there are these Christian responsibilities where we can sort of get them in our mind that, oh, you have to check this box and this box and this box and this box. Mm-hmm. But then there are these other sort of overarching concepts that like we read in the Beatitudes of mercy, humility, meekness, right? Peacemaking, mm-hmm. hunger and thirsting for justice and righteousness, yeah. that uh, humility, sort of, you know, uh, holding these things in humility. Like there is a, those are all responsibilities, but they're sort of more mushy if you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I they're less yeah, mushy yeah. than, did I give 10% of my income? Or they're less mushy than, did I pray three times a day? Or less mushy yeah. than, you know, did, did, I, did I do this? Did I, did, I pr- did I do all these? Did I go to church at the right times and mm-hmm. do the right things? Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you completely because I, I, what I like about that is that it gives us an opportunity to talk about them and have conversations yeah. about, you know, all right, how do I how do I handle that situation? What does it look like? Just like we start out, what does it look like to be a peacemaker mm-hmm. in this like really complex, messy circumstance? Yeah, well, and it gives us an opportunity, like we said, we like we also said, to grow alongside one another, to 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 do this whole you know, you know, the way thing together. Yeah, and 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 that that that's an important concept is is that we're we we have an idea of being able to do it together. What if when you have this moment and you approach Ted Cruz, okay, you 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 approach Ted Cruz and you and you come to it with this humility where you have the expectation that maybe you have as much to learn from the situation as Ted Cruz does. I mean, I could learn a lot from Ted Cruz. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we had a bet we, we were gonna somebody's gonna pay us a hundred dollars for every time we said ted cruz during this podcast and yeah so ted we're cruz. we're we're eating steak tonight yeah, absolutely <laughs> all right well okay so anyway as, as we start to wrap up um I, I know that we're i love the idea of like some of these topics being mushy yeah and, and, and i think that I would really like to consider a few more of those because I think it's important that we have that conversation um, about them because if, if we're not talking about it, then everybody's just kind of guessing and it can become this very individualistic thing and I don't know, a, a more unified body seems to be able to do more to reach further. Yeah, I almost, just to try to draw a, a, a strained analogy here, I feel like that these uh, sort of these attributes that are spoken about in the Beatitudes when mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, starting out in the Sermon on the Mount, they are less like tools in the toolbox and maybe more like, you know, different uh, sets of, of glasses that we can put on that have different lenses. Mm-hmm. So it's like a different way to approach a situation. Yeah. How do you approach a situation and look at it through the lens of, of mercy yeah. Of showing mercy or, or how, how do you approach like the situation you were talking about? You know that this is difficult, but you also know that you want to approach it with it through and look at it through a lens of peacemaking. Yeah. Right. You, you know that you want to do that, but it's like, how do you navigate that? Um, and so I think we can absolutely talk about some more of these concepts in depth 
and we can talk about well, what is it? What does it even mean? You know, blessed are these people. What what yeah. does that mean? Because there's, I think there's a lot there about Jesus communicating how the creation works, how the divine works, mm-hmm. and and there is maybe something significant that has divine origin in each one of these messy areas that we're looking yeah. at. No, absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I this is. Every time anybody says like different lenses, by the way, I always think of National Treasure. I just want to point that out. Like we're looking at the back of the um, Declaration, of, the Declaration Independence. of Independence, and I'm like, oh sweet, now I can see what Jesus is trying to say because I have the blue lens in. Um, right. But obviously that's not exactly how it works. But that's that's what goes on in my head. I should have said Nick Cage instead of Ted Cruz oh, earlier. We Nicholas could have said Cage. Nick Cage like like 15 <laughs> times. Um, Both of those are just wonderful images. Oh, Maybe Nick Cage will play Ted Cruz in the made-for-TV movie. Oh, I would, I would pay. Nick too Cage much money goes to, to Mexico. <laughs> All right, time to wrap up. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I man, this was I. Gen, I mean, obviously, I, I say that I genuinely enjoy our talk. I think every time, but this is this one has been especially helpful because obviously I'm struggling with something like right now, and so. This is such a, I think this is such, for me, it's such a good example of why being able to have these conversations when some of these lines aren't necessarily, you know, cut and dry. They're not yeah. so defined and that's okay. Right. But it, I, what, what I, what I think is maybe not so okay is when we don't talk about it yeah. when we're not open about it. And so, or when we charge in with an answer, that's just this unyielding answer that you know, one size fits all to all relationships at all times. Yeah. Like instead, I think talking through it and considering these different lenses, these different mushy areas of, mm-hmm. of mercy and justice and righteousness and peacemaking. And you know, that that can be helpful, hopefully lead us to the right place. Yeah. So, um, and maybe you might not like the, the title of what we might talk about next week, but I like the idea of, um, I don't know, messy Christianity or mushiness or, or something along those lines. Right. But that's essentially what we're going to talk about next week is the idea of not everything. I mean, we're called drawing the line and not all the lines are defined. So how can we go about doing this whole Christian thing? Right. Um, when sometimes things maybe even seem to be a little bit up in the air, we could call it blurred lines, but then in copyright infringement. Yeah. Mark Ronson. Is that, is that Mark Ronson? No, that, no, that's 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 uh, Pharrell and um, uh, Robin Thicke. Oh, Robin Thicke. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why Remember, I think Robin... they, got, they got they got sued because oh, okay. they, they yeah. stole the. I don't know why I think from All the right. state of Marvin Gaye. I don't there, know. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> anyway, wow, we went on a whole lot of tangents today, and I'm not upset about it. Ted Cruz, Nick Cage, Pharrell, Robin Thicke, National Treasure. Who, who, who else are we going to name drop in this episode? Right. Okay. So thank you guys so much, LeBron for, James. Go ahead. There, <laughs> thank you, guys, Dennis Rodman. So thank you guys so much for being with us today. Really appreciate you guys hanging with us and all of our crazy tangents and name dropping. Um, you know, hopefully you're with us next week as, as we get into this idea of blurred lines, mushiness, messiness, and, yes. and, and being able to, to grow alongside together in conversation. So thank you guys so much and have a blessed day. Michael Jordan.